0: So this morning we were taking a one-week break from the Gospel of John. And when we have the all-church meeting, I I try to, to bring to us as a congregation just the heart of our church and where it is at today and some of the needs that are present. And so look and and see an awesome work that the Lord's done here at Reverence Bible Church. We've we've been in existence for a little over nine and a half years. Um, And in these nine and a half years, the Lord has just worked mightily in bringing people to salvation, Um, in missions trips and supporting missionaries going to the uttermost parts of this world. Uh, the first year that we started, that first summer, just a few months after we started, we took, I think, 39 people to to Africa. Many of you were on that trip, and and we've watched the Lord just take kids that came and, um, if looking around the room and just seeing some of the kids, the the Richie boys and the way that the Lord has just caused them to grow in just massive ways. Um, Little little Jade, and I think I saw her come in, but she's gone to to Sunday school. But I remember when she was in her mommy's tummy, and now she's this beautiful little girl that's growing up. And watching the Lord work in the hearts of our kids, just falling in love with him, Not only within our kids, but within our own hearts. Um, Watching God magnify himself to where it's possible that some of us came into this church with a small view of God. He wasn't one in whom we cared all that much as far as like worshiping him with all that is within us. Um, We we looked at him as far as like, okay, I'm going to go do my church thing. And there's just been this radical transformation to where you see him as worthy of, of the entirety of your life. And we've watched the Lord work in our own hearts as we've grown in our knowledge of him, our love for him, our praise for him. And we, we've we watched the Lord work in incredible ways as he's brought new people into the church, even in the last Weeks, months, um, the Lord bring in an entire church here from the Master's plan to be a part of our church, but other families as well, individuals as well that the Lord has, has brought here. And I, I praise Him for it all. I look and I see what God has done, and it, he gets all the glory for this. He gets all the glory. It's not in the brilliance of a plan. It's not in the brilliance of any individuals here at this church. It is in the grace and the goodness of our God to bring us here and to build us up and to encourage us and to cause us to shine brightly and to cause the gospel to go forth and to cause our hearts to come to a place of worshiping him with all that is within us. He deserves all the glory for it. He receives all the honor for it. And as the Lord's done incredible things here at our, at our church, um, there's also the the, the realization that um, we, we have not come close to arriving. Like, like if, if we ever get to a place of like, oh, our church is like the best church ever, and like, you know, and there's like this pride that's there, it, it's absurd to think that way. I mean, as far as like to... to To come to a place as if we've somehow arrived. We we have not come close to arriving. (laughs) We've just come out of the starting blocks as far as I'm concerned. And with that being said, I'd like for us to take a look at a section of, of Psalm 80. You hear... Within this psalm, a a phrase, a little chorus that's being sung. It's sung three times over the course of this psalm. And the the, the little phrase that that is sung goes like this. Restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine, verse 3. And we shall be saved. Restore us or revive us, O God. Some of your versions might say, revive us. Revive us or restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. You go down to verse 7. You see it again. Restore us or revive us, O God of hosts. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. Again, at the end of the psalm. In verse 19. Restore us, O Lord of God of hosts, cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. If we look at verses 7 through 14, let's read this together. Restore us, O God of hosts, cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. You have brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations and planted it. You prepared room for it and caused it to take deep root. And it filled the land. The hills were covered with its shadow. And the mighty cedars with its bows. She sent out her bows to the sea and her branches to the river. Why have you broken down her hedges so that all who pass by... The way pluck her fruit. The boar out of the woods uproots it, and the wild beasts of the field devours it. Return, we beseech you, O God of hosts, look down from heaven and see, and visit this vine. You get this picture of a vine that's growing, and and, and here the psalmist says, You brought us, you, you brought us, you brought us this vine out of Egypt, referring to the nation of Israel. You you cast out the nations and you planted it. You planted this vine. You prepared room for it. You caused the vine to take deep root. And you filled the land. And it filled the land. The hills were covered with its shadow. It goes on and on. You, you, You planted this vine and it grew. And Israel did grow. Israel was blessed. God took them out of Egypt, planted them there in Israel, and it grew. But you hear within the hearts of the the psalmist here, as he's talking about his nation, as he's talking about God's people, what he says is, revive us, O God. Cause us to come alive again. Cause there to be a change that takes place in our hearts Cause your, your face to shine. Make it so your face just shines on us people because it will make an incredible difference from where we're at right now. We look at, at our own personal hearts and it is possible for us to come here Sunday after Sunday midweek service, all throughout, all that takes place at our church here throughout the week. And we may be coming, but in desperate need of praying a prayer like this individually for our own hearts. God, cause us to come alive. Cause your face to shine on us. It's possible that that we're here in And we listen and we we think much of ourselves. And yet God's looking at us and saying, pray a prayer like that. Humble yourself. See where you're at. See where your heart's at. And just cry out to me to make you alive again. You think that you're okay. But you're not. Cause yourselves just to pray. God, do this work in our hearts. Revive us. Restore us. Bring us back to where we once were, or bring us to places that we have never been before, places where we have never tasted. God, cause Your face just to shine down upon us individually, so it just radically transforms us and where we're at. We just sang a, a song as we closed our time in worship here, where it's a song that that, that, that I've sung I don't even countless times over the last twenty years. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful, Lord, for thee. And and I think it's possible to sing a song like that. and Be like, I love this song. It's a great song. And yet, have it come out of our hearts, just pittering like a faucet dripping. Lord, just, can you kind of just change some stuff in my life? Without having it be coming from our hearts, Lord, just take my life. take, Take every bit of it. And let it be consecrated to you. Don't, don't just take a little bit of it on Sunday or just little sections that I'm willing to give up to you. But God, just take every bit of my life, when I'm at work or when I'm at school or when I'm in the home or in my marriage or every part of it and just make it so it's all yours. Every bit of it, God, just, it's just all yours. All of it is yours. It's, I, I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. So every bit of me is yours, God. It's just all of it. Revive my heart to bring me to a place where all of me belongs to you. Praying a, a prayer and, and and singing it from our hearts, as far as take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. The, the moments of our day, Pastor Derek shared with us at the staff meeting this last week, as far as like the the, the next the next fifteen minutes is it, it's not your time. Like we look at our lives, and if you're anything like me, it's just like you got the schedule, and. I have a schedule and it's just boom, boom, boom. What's going on? Okay, next, boom. boom. And, and you do this throughout the whole day. And, and you look and you're like, man, I got 15 minutes. I got 15 minutes. What do I do? And Derek just exhorted us like, it's not your 15 minutes, it's God's 15 minutes. God, what are you gonna do in my life in the next 15 minutes? How can I use this 15 minutes most to the glory of God? How can I use it? Rather than going home, finally, 15 minutes, sports center, boom. Looking and saying, is this most to the glory of God? And it might be. But it might not be. Looking at your lives and saying, all of it, my moments, my days. Take my hands, let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my hands. Use them. So just I could just love people. Serve them. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful, Lord, for thee. Like Use my feet. Cause me to go forward. Proclaim the gospel. Use them. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold. Not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as you choose. And then we sing the chorus. Here am I, all of me. Take my life. It's all for thee. And I think it's possible for us to sing that and not mean hardly any of it. I think it's possible for us to go through our lives and we sing our songs and we do our things. And yet God is saying, pray a prayer like, revive me, O Lord. Make me come alive. Restore me. Change me. Cause your face to shine upon me. Cause it to just have a radical impact on my life so that I'm not still in this place. So I'm growing. So I'm changing. So I'm taking my life and just wanting to glorify you with every bit of it. Praying like that. Our hearts. You see the psalmist in Psalm 1. Let me just read this for you. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the paths of sinners. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper a radical way for the psalmist to begin the psalms where for god to orchestrate let that be written at that point so that we would read it and, and and just call it upon god god have it be where your word like it just changes me it makes me alive it, it, it it's in my heart in such a way that i'm like a tree that's planted by rivers of water and there's just fruit that comes out of my life i want fruit out of my life but how does fruit come out of my life it comes out of my life by just being in that place of not walking in the counsel of the ungodly or not standing in the paths of sinners and not sitting in the seat of the scornful but your delight is in the law of the lord and in his law you meditate day and night this is serious it's something where god's just saying change your lifestyle Change the way that you're living. If you're walking with the ungodly and you just participate in all that stuff. I mean, if, if, if you think of like what he's saying, he's, he's talking about like when you guys leave the, the field with your sheep, don't walk with the ungodly. When you leave the place of doing your pottery, don't go and sit with the scornful. Don't, don't do that. Don't sit there and participate. Have God's word in your heart. Meditate upon it. Think of it. Have it be where it's just planted there because then there's going to be fruit that's coming out of your life. He, he didn't have any thoughts of television, movies. I mean, like, you think of this, like, what do you think? I mean, you think any of the God's people at that point, if they would have seen the kind of stuff that we watch, that they would have blushed at all? I mean, they would have been like, ah, what is how it? How is this? I mean, he's just saying, like, don't walk, don't be in a place where you're in the council of the ungodly. But what is it that we're taking in? We might look and say, well, we're better than the next people. And God would just look and think like, no, you're in desperate need of praying a prayer like, revive me, restore me, cause your face to shine upon me. Because I want to do a radical work in your heart. And I want to do a radical work in this church. And I want to do a radical work as far as revival across America. But it does not happen when there's just apathetic hearts within the church that are in a place of like, I think we're doing good. I think we're okay. Calling upon them. Is there any chance that you've begun to become lukewarm or half-hearted? Is there any chance that you look over the years of your life and you look back at periods in which you were more zealous for Christ than you are today? Is there any chance that, that you're, you're in a place where you're far from what you once were as far as zealous for Christ and the gospel and the kingdom? I've talked with so many people where you say, like, oh, yeah, I'm a church, you know, we, and you'll you'll hear them say, like, oh, I, I was a part of that whole Jesus people movement. Yeah, it was amazing. And they start talking about people. What do you do now? Like, what, what's your walk like now? It's like, oh, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't really, like, found a church. I mean, like, there's no, I just, and you just they waffle. But what's their go-to? Their go-to is, like, Jesus people movement. Ah, we're we're good. And God would just look and think, Pray to him that he would just revive you, that he would restore you, that he would cause his face to so shine upon you that there would be this radical work that takes place in your heart. In Titus chapter 2, as we think about our church, it tells us in verse 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify himself, his own special people, zealous for good works. And then he says, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. The focus that I want to, us to look at as a, as a church there is it's flee from sin, run from sin, and then, God, purify yourself of people zealous for good works. Where there's zeal that's there as far as zeal to have fruit come out of your life, zeal to be walking in the ways of the Lord, zeal to be in a place where you're just calling upon him, God, do this. Notice as we go through this, and there's spent time in our text this morning. I do not, I, I do not intend this to be a, a man-centered sermon at all. Um, when I say this, the, 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 my, my intent, my intent is not for us, and I don't believe that God's intent is for us to leave Reverence Bible Church this morning and be like, right on, we could do this. I'm going to change these areas of my life. I'm going to get out that sin that's there. I'm going to change the way that I worship. I'm going to change the way that I pray. I'm going to change the way that I give. I'm going to change the way that I think about missions. I'm going to change all these things. The, the, the intent is not that you would leave and just be like, we can do this. My prayer is that you would leave just with what the text says. And that you would leave saying, God, please restore me. God, please revive me. I don't even remember singing that song that he just quoted because I was thinking about something totally different. Please change that in me. Please make it so that I am just alive again. Please make it so that your face just shines upon me and it just changes me in just radical ways. Please do that in my heart. Do you see the difference between being man-centered, I can do this, versus God, please do this in me? I can't do this on my own. There's nothing that I could do to make me alive. I mean, as far as i 'll leave here and i 'll fail like God, I need you to make it so that I desire to be in your Word. I need you to make it so that I hate the things of this world. I need you to make it so I desire to spend time with you in prayer. I need you to make it so i 'm willing to go outside of my comfort zone and minister to other people and stir up the gifts that are within me. I need you to do that in my heart because my heart 's going to always be prone to go the opposite direction. So God, please just change my affections, change my heart, cause your face to shine on me so that it just radically changes the way that I personally am living, and hopefully, it takes place across the, 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 the entire sanctuary amongst the people here in our church. And hopefully, as a result of that, there's just revival that takes place. Pray that there would be revival, pray that that work would take place within our hearts. Pray that God does that, that God accomplishes that. The text says, Cause your face to shine. Let's pray for this as a congregation. We want his face to shine so brilliantly as we behold the beauty of his holiness that we fall wholeheartedly in love with him, logging ourselves to be holy as he's holy. You get that? Like, we, I want his face to shine upon me and I want his face to shine upon you that you behold him in his holiness That you behold him in his perfections, his purity, all the righteousness that encompasses him. And that we see him and we look and we we are in love with him. God help us to not say things in our mind or out loud where it's just like, how could God allow something like this? I don't even know, you know. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? As if we could to talk to him like that, you don 't get to talk to him like that you you look at isaiah and and there 's the cherubim they're they 're flying and holy 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 what, what takes place with them like he he falls to the ground and 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 hear I send me you know God comes down with or the sends one down with the the, the hot coal the burning hot coal and sticks it on his lips. And what, what does Isaiah say? He, he doesn't respond by like, what are you doing? Why would you, why would you ever stick something like that on my face? Like, he, he doesn't respond like that at all. It's, it's his, his response is, okay. I mean, like, I'll serve you. Send me. This holiness about God In which we look and we see the coal, the coal doesn't need to get put on your lips. The coal was placed upon Christ. I mean, the coal was placed upon Christ forever and ever and ever. That we get to be in a place now of saying, Here, my God, just send me, use me, use me in a powerful way as far as for your kingdom and for your glory. We look upon his holiness and we're in such awe of him that we love him. And we look and we say, God, I want to be holy just like you're holy. I want these things out of my life. Please make it so these things get out of my life because I want to be holy. As his face shines upon us, I pray that what takes place as his face comes and shines upon us that we would see a face that is a Covered with a love that is unfailing, that's unconditional, that's unable to be improved upon. A loving face that would shine on us, that would respond, that we would respond with hearts that love him because he first loved us. When we say, God, cause your face to shine upon us, that we wouldn't hear the words of God and be like, All right, that's good. But it would be powerful, that it would change us, that we would see his love for us. A love that is greater than any other kind of love and that he laid down his life for us. A love that is, is, is such that it forgives us and continues to forgive us and it doesn't ever change. And he says, I'll never, never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And the depths, the depths of his love for us. And that we would see that and respond. We would just respond. You, you remember what it was like, possibly... I'll speak for myself, to fall in love with somebody. My, my wife in the cry room being emotional again today um, not with our baby when, when Tasha and I fell in love she, she invaded my brain all the time. I couldn't get her out of my brain. She just invaded my brain thought about her just constantly. Um, I think from the time that we first knew, like, okay, hey, we're, we're to be together and God's calling us towards marriage. I, I think I could probably count on one hand days that I didn't see her until we got married. It just invaded my brain. And I think of it as, as far as our love for God, how much more? I mean, a perfect love that He has poured upon us, that we would see that and have it be where He just invades our brain. We just praise Him throughout the day. We think of His love, and it just changes the way that we we worship. It changes the way that we pray. It changes the way that we live. We just want to honor Him with our lives. I pray that that when we study the gospel of john and we see him multiply the fish and the loaves and we see him turn water into wine that we'd see a great provider in such a way that it causes his face to shine in this sanctuary and in our hearts so that we would trust him with whatever resources we need and when they appear to be low we just trust him and we're not tempted to panic but we return to prayer that we would be people who look and his face shines upon us and we don't come to a place of it was better in egypt but we're at a place of, God, you're, you, you just, you turn water into wine. You take fish and loaves, you just multiply them. You just shoot them out and everybody gets fed. And you, there's nothing that's too hard for you. I mean, they're hungry. You just like, you know, manna come down from heaven. They're thirsty. Strike the rock or just speak to the rock. I mean, I'll just have water just come forward. I can provide at any time. And to have a God that you believe to be like that, when his face so shines upon us that we see him not as small, but we see him as glorious, it changes the way that we view the circumstances in which we are in, both individually as a church, whatever it is. We look and we say, like, I know he can provide. I'm confident that he can provide. The times where our finances at the church have been the lowest, we always go back to what Pastor Bill said when he was there, and we, we, you know, we have all these elders that are there, and then this elder in his 90s, and we're all talking about the finances, like, what should we do, what should we do, what should we do, what should we do? And Pastor Bill's like, we get all done with all of our devising of all that we could do, and he's like, well, it looks like we just, I mean, really, we just need to pray. God put us in a place we should pray, huh? And we're like, duh. I mean, I, you get to a point of like, why, why does it take the 90-some-year-old man, after all of our planning, to just say, like, we sh- looks like God left us with no other choice but to pray. And we did. And you know what? <laughs> the result was, like, fish and loaves that next week. I mean, everything that we were stressed about was eliminated the next week. We prayed. We called upon him. He worked in people's hearts. He changed it. He caused his face to shine upon our church. I pray that that we would see his face in such a way that there would be eyes that see grace that just pours upon us. And the grace would be so sweet as we see that where grace abounds, or where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And it would bring us to a place of just love and grace. Loving it. We need to call upon God to cause his face to shine. To revive us. Because if he does... It will change everything for us as a church. You just get that? I mean like if, if if we call upon him and say, God, our prayer as a church is not to pretend like we've arrived, but to come to a place of God please restore us, please revive us, please cause your face to just to shine upon this congregation that if we saw you as just puny and small and every once in a while we'd offer up a, a prayer or, or you would have to knock us on our tail as far as like in this terrible tragedy to ever get us to a point where we would call out to you. If if that's the way that we have functioned, God, please just change that in us, that when there is plenty, we're praising you, and when there is want, we're praising you, and in good times, we're praising you, and in bad times, we're praising you, and our hearts are coming to place of just seeing you as just magnificent, and as a result, it just changes everything for us as a church. We need God to do that for us, because if God does that for us, our worship will be fervent. Brothers and sisters, our worship will be fervent. Nobody will ever need to come into our sanctuary and hear our praises and wonder if we really believe the things that we're singing. It'll change the way that we worship. We will worship in spirit and in truth and all that is within us. If his face comes and shines upon us, if he causes that to happen, our praise will be different. If you're looking and thinking, like, man, I just I remember times when I just praised with all that was within me, but I'm just dry right now. I'm dry. You more than anyone need to pray, God, please cause your face to shine upon me. Please revive me. Please restore me. I need that. I want that. I want I, I want to be where I see you in, in such a way that oh, I can't help but praise you with all that is within me. Our our souls will be overflowing with joy even in the midst of suffering. We we will have people who joyfully serve. What happened? If his face comes and shines upon us and we are being restored, we're not going to be sitting there going like, do we have anybody else that could possibly help with children's ministry? That person hasn't been to church in seven weeks. Do we have anybody that could ever? I mean, who could, could serve in children's ministry? We're just going to have people that are like, we'll serve. Do we need to do a second service? We need a second service. I'm there. We'll serve. We'll do it. You know? And we're just ready. We're ready. We've, God has caused his face to shine upon us and we're just serving him. Joyfully. Every last one of us will be clothed with humility. It's hard to be proud when God's caused his face to shine in your life. We'll grow to hate sin. We'll exchange our sin for incredible satisfaction in the righteousness of Christ. We'll be a congregation that desires to make disciples. Romans 15 verse 14. He says his prayer is that they're full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. My prayer is that you'd be able to admonish one another. In Hebrews three twelve, beware, brethren, lest any of you l- lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. While it was called today, lest any of you be hardened through this deceitfulness of sin. Discipleship. Discipleship will be the fruit of God reviving us. Discipleship will be the fruit of his face coming and shining upon us. When we talk about discipleship, I mean spending time with people, encouraging them, admonishing them, exhorting them, pointing to the greatness of God. Telling them of his wonders. And it's not going to be something that has to necessarily be planned. Okay, you're going to disciple this person, you'll disciple that person. It's just going to happen. It'll happen in our church. There'll be discipleship that takes place. Please come come over for dinner. Come over for lunch. You disciple me. I'll disciple you. Let's spend time together. We're going to see new believers come in. And it's just going to be like, let's just encourage them in the Lord. I, I want to tell them of the greatness of our Savior. I want to see another generation rise up that just is in love with Christ. Discipleship will be taking place. People will be going into the children's ministry and teaching our kids in such a way that First, the teacher's heart is treasuring Christ above everything else and seeing him in his glory and being revived, and it will be contagious amongst our children. I assure you of that. God will work mightily within our children's ministry, mightily in our youth ministry, mightily in our young adults' ministry, mightily in our women's ministry, mightily in our men's ministry. If he revives us and causes his face to shine upon us, it's going to have a radical impact on discipleship that takes place in our church. You hear in Hebrews ten twenty four where it says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. If church to you has been like, you know, if I can make it, I'll make it. You know, like, but I'm like, hope I don't have to talk to anybody at all. And I'm just going to come and, you know, like once a month, once every three months whenever I can, whenever it fits into my schedule. Hear the word of the Lord. Please do not forsake the gathering together of the body. We need each other. We need each other. Stir up the gift that's within you, within you to, to bless those that are around. Ask those that you know, like, what gifts do you think I have? How do you think I can use them? How can I serve? What can I do? For your own soul, and for the saints here at our church. We need each other, don't we? We need each other. We don't want to bury the gifts that God's given us. We want to stir them up and use them for God's kingdom. We want revival, don't we? Pray that God does that in your heart. I want to be used. I don't want to be the one that sits in the 12th pew and I I leave. No one knows me. You're missing out on the rest of the body using their gifts to minister to you. And they're missing out on you. I don't think prayer will be drudgery if God causes his face to shine on us. We'll see our utter dependence on him in such a way that we will be people who pray. You will pray for me. You'll pray for the other pastors. You'll be praying for one another. You'll be praying for the loss. You'll be praying for the kingdom. You'll be praying for provision. We will be a people who just see that we have such dependence upon him that it won't be just in the midst of terrible trial that we pray. It will be daily. It will be daily. Colossians nine. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and his spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. Pray. Pray that your knowledge and those around us, their knowledge of God would grow. Because it changes everything for us when His face shines upon us and we see Him. When you see him as magnificent, there's a change that takes place. When you see him as in the beauty of, of who he is, it, it affects you. I've shared this before, but when, when I remember being in Austria with a soccer team I was playing for, and we arrived at this location, it was dumping snow. We were in the middle of the Alps huge lake in front of us, but it was dumping snow at night, and couldn't see. We are trying to get up to the room, and hands are cold, and suitcases are flying all over, and just chaos trying to get into our rooms, and it was freezing. I woke up the next morning, and we opened the doors, and when I opened the doors, first time in my life, I was like, took my breath away. It was trees covered with as much snow as you can imagine, blue skies, this huge lake in front of us, and It was Alps, just mountains fell. Took my breath away. That's worship as far as I'm concerned. Seeing him in such a way that it's not like, okay, let's try to worship him. Let's try to mean it from our hearts today. We see him in such a way that we come here and we sing songs and our response is, we just love him. We're in awe of him. Evangelism will take place. You think of Stephen Acts chapter 7. we'll close with this once you turn there with me Acts chapter 7 verse 54. Acts chapter 7 he's sharing with these people the gospel. in Acts 7:54 it says they were cut to the heart. they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And then they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears and they ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. The witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Radical. They're gnashing their teeth at him, running at him, stoning him. And he's just like, Lord, receive my spirit. I looked on Fox News this morning before when I woke up, and what do I see? him Haram is saying, we want to extinguish Christians in West Africa. We're joining ISIS. We're going to be so vigilant. There's tens of thousands of Christians. We want to kill all of them, school children, everything. You look, and it is a time that we need to be able to look at this. And What does he say? He says, God just enabled him to see his glory. He enabled him to see his glory. and changed everything for him, didn't it? When we see the glory of God, it changes everything for us. When his face shines upon us and we see him like that, it's, it, Stephen just wants to evangelize. What took place before this? The Holy Spirit working in his heart. Look at Acts 4.29. It says here in Acts 4.29, Now, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that, he had, that, the, that any of these things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common, and with great power. And the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Incredible work that God did. Boldness. They had boldness in proclaiming the gospel. Boldness because the Holy Spirit came upon them. Boldness because he enabled his face to shine upon them. Brothers and sisters, we need that. We need that. Boldness that looks and says, I just want to proclaim the gospel to my friends, to my family, to my neighbors, to the uttermost parts of this world. Why? Why? Because he caused his face to shine upon us. I see him in a way that's different than I did before. He has caused my heart that had fallen asleep to be revived, to be changed, to be restored. And as a result, fruit, fruit, fruit came out of my lives. God, help us not to be a church that's just like, I think we've arrived. God, help us to be in a place where we call upon him, Lord, change my heart heart change the hearts of those that are around make it so that your face shines upon us and we see you in such a way that it changes everything about us and there's revival that takes place first in our own hearts and then amongst one another and i'll tell you if it's taking place in your own heart or it's taking place in those that are around you it will be contagious amongst all of us because we'll use our gifts to minister to everybody and you will see a great awakening taking place in our church in our hearts, and prayerfully across this land that makes it so that God just works in incredible ways like he did in the time of Jonathan Edwards or George Whitfield. These great awakenings that we had. But it starts here. It starts with us. Revive us. Restore us. Let's pray for that. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you so much for your word and the fact that this is not about us. This is about you. This is us calling upon you saying, God, restore us. Revive us. Cause your face to shine upon us because we know that if you do that work in our heart, it is going to be glorious amongst us individually and the saints here at our church and even to the uttermost parts of the world. We need you to do this. We call upon you to do this, for there is no other means in which we can see transformation take place within our church, Lord, and in our hearts, Lord. Please do that. Please accomplish that, Lord. Please work so mightily that when we sing praises unto you, it comes from all that is within us because we've seen your face. You caused your face to shine on us. And it just affected us. It made us hate sin and love righteousness. It made us love to spend time with you and it made us love the gospel and it made us love the lost. I pray, Lord, that you would do that in our hearts and it would just radically, radically radically impact us individually and as a church. And Lord, we will give you all the glory for that. Lord, I pray that that prayer, restore us, revive us, cause your face to shine upon us, would be prayed over and over again by the saints here at Reverence Bible Church. And we look forward in eager anticipation to you fulfilling those things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.